Comments made on the Ceratoc Podcast Network are those of the individuals and do not represent Ceratech Corporation, its staff, management, board of directors, or third-party resellers. It's time for High Contrast, the show where we talk about everything visually impaired and try to sort of bridge the gap between the sighted and not seeing or unsighted, whatever you want to call it. We are joined here by our typical cast of characters. I am Rodney Edgar from TechAccessWeekly.com, which our weekly podcast is still on hiatus, so don't ask. Uh, We are joined to the left by the wonderful Mari Hill from AI Squared. Hi, Rodney and everybody. Glad to be here. Glad to have you here. And we are also joined by Jeremy Curry of GW Micro. How is it going, Rodney? Ah, it's going for a wonderful podcast recording day. Technical bugs always get us. (laughs) (laughs) Never. But anyway, I'd like to start out by saying that we appreciate all the comments about the High Contrast podcast. And just to let everyone know, we're only picked up for six episodes. So please flood the comment box over at resources at serotalk.com in order to get more plug for us. Uh, Anyway, our discussion today is going to be sort of a roundtable with a special guest. And we are joined here by Becca Bradley, who is a musical prodigy, singer, (laughs) songwriter, as it were. (laughs) Hello, Becca. Hi. I don't know if she will actually come back or consider this a resume builder, but we'll try. (laughs) (laughs) At least one of those. So... She is a good friend of Jeremy Curry, and we will explain why she is here in a little bit. But uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe how you got started? Uh, Did you only sing in the bathtub type of thing and sort of branched out or what? Yeah. um, Well, I grew up in Ohio, and um, I started singing when I was really, really young, and I actually, um, the first time I ever sang it was for my pastor. Um, she was leaving the church, and so I dedicated a song to her. And so ever since then, um, I, I guess I sang mostly in churches growing up. I was in choir, um, did all that kind of stuff. And then when I went to college, um, I've always been really active in sports, so I never really focused on a music career. Um, but my last semester of college, I got the opportunity to go to Nashville, Tennessee and go to a music school, um, which was super cool. It was um, mainly focused on songwriting, recording, and performing. Um, and that's where I started writing my my own songs um, and doing all that stuff. And so, so I've always sang my whole life, but not always done the songwriting part. So... Um, just starting to get into my music career more and doing it as a full-time thing instead of kind of putting it on the back burner, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun, Becca. Yeah. How many songs have you written so far? You know, I don't have an exact number. As a songwriter, it's definitely not easy for me. I, I sit down and write a song and it's uh, I could come up with a verse and never finish a song. So I probably have more than 10 finished songs, but a lot of songs that are unfinished. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. And when you sing someone else's song, how do you decide like what song you'd really like to sing for other people? I kind of pick songs that um, it might be the artist that I liked or it might just be the song in general, but anything that 
showcases my voice a little, um, something that has a meaning and that I want to share with others. Excellent. Yeah. So do you try to pick a song that you can adapt or do you try to stay true to the song? Um, usually it depends, I guess, where I'm singing. A lot of times if I'm doing something acoustic, it's really easy for me to just kind of make the song my own. But a lot of times I play at fairs and festivals and stuff like that. And I sing with my entire band and it's easier just to do the song and stay true to the song just because that's what people know and that's what people want to hear. So it, I guess it all depends on where I'm singing and stuff. What kind of instruments are in your band? I have a drummer, a piano player, bass player, um, and two electric guitar players. I'm very lucky to have two. <laughs> so a rhythm and then a lead. And then I also play acoustic guitar. And so I play a few songs with the band too. Nice. So with uh, all of the music shows that are on right now, have you actually considered going out for the American Idol, the Voice, or <laughs> X Factor, anything like that? You know, the surprising thing is I have actually tried out for American Idol twice, America's Got Talent once, and The Voice once. But it is absolutely insane when you go to one of those things. You are literally a needle in a haystack, and there are so many good singers that go through those contests that you just have to be what they are looking for that day, what that person feels that day. I mean, it's completely random of whether you're going to go through or not. So I haven't had you know the luck to get through, but I think I might try out for The Voice again. That was a really good contest that I I, I thought... The audition went really well. So, and now that she's here on high contrast, she's got all the exposure she needs. <laughs> That's right. We're going to launch you. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. you know, I, I am, I am only about three miles from Scotty McQuarrie's house, so you know. Oh, nice <laughs> connections. Yeah, yeah. A trip on over there. Get my name then. in there. Drop off my business card. <laughs> <laughs> and what's Nashville like? I've always wanted to go there. Oh, it is absolutely amazing. There's a part of Nashville where they have, I don't know if they're called little pubs or little... Like the honky-tonks? Yeah, like the honky-tonks, exactly. So you literally walk down um, Broadway Street, I think it's called, and there's music coming from every single place down there, and it's absolutely amazing. It's like a singer and a songwriter's dream, but um, really, really cool town. Oh, that sounds great. What inspires you to write a song? What are the topics you like to write about? You know, I started writing songs down in Nashville, and because I, I have never really done it before, the only thing I knew to do was write about what I know. So the easy thing would be to write about people in my life. I think the very first song that I wrote was about my sister, and then ever since then I kind of write about, maybe not directly about somebody, but maybe a situation that they went through or something like that where I just use people's experiences and, and my own experiences um, and use that as kind of like my focus and inspiration, I guess. <laughs> nice. So it seems like you have to be kind of empathetic to be able to do that, you know? Yeah. Uh, to be able to feel what someone else is yeah. going through to be able to write about it. I could never do that. That's pretty neat. It's not easy, but... Somehow they get finished, I guess. <laughs> like I couldn't feel someone else's experience at all. Like I can't, I wouldn't be able to relate until right. it happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm inspired by what you write about. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> you kind of write about not only just people, but life in general too, right? Like you've got songs about 
living out in the country and yeah yeah i i have written songs about like my experiences like growing up in the country uh stuff like that but it, it definitely has to be something i can't be the type of person that can just imagine something in my head it has to be something that has happened or that i experienced or that somebody's experienced it's a very hard for me to write a song about something that i do not know of like i don't know how some people do it it's it's pretty crazy <laughs> it's, be it's like you can't just pick it up and just like yeah it's, about it's definitely right. something that i admire in other songwriters so who actually influences you as far as your musical style and who you kind of look up to it's kind of weird because I am probably considered a pop country artist. Um, I have a little country twang to my voice, but my entire life I have been in love with Celine Dion. And I know that may sound weird, but I absolutely love her voice, how she carries herself just overall. And I've seen her live twice and it's absolutely been flawless. Like she is just a flawless singer and I, I admire her a lot. Yeah, Becca's but I, <laughs> close to that, but she just won't admit it. <laughs> so, Becca, I understand you've written a song about our own Jeremy, who we all know and love and admire. <laughs> I did, yes. Tell us about how that came to be. Well, me and Jeremy um, are actually attending the same church right now, um, and so I kind of only knew him through church. Um, and also my husband... Knew the family, knew Jeremy. He's always known Jeremy and Aaron, um, his wife. And so I uh, started going to the church, and Jeremy preached one Sunday, and I was very fascinated just with him getting up there, preaching, having, and I knew a little bit about, I didn't know the whole story of how Jeremy lost his eyesight or the whole story behind that, but he got up and preached, and I was talking to my husband after uh, the sermon and just thought that it would be a really, really cool song. And so I think I sat down that week and I wrote the first verse of that song in like 10 minutes. And I loved it. And then I couldn't write anymore. I think it was a few months later where I actually was like, man, I want to finish that song. And I sat down and probably finished the entire song in 10 minutes. So it was pretty crazy how I did not have anything to say. I didn't know where the song was going to go after that first verse, but I sat down and I even had my husband saying, let's go, we need to go. And I was like, no, I have to finish this song right now. Like, so <laughs> it, it turned out really good, better than I expected. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's always funny to hear where people uh, conceived lyrics and things like that. You hear people saying, I wrote it down on toilet paper in the bathroom <laughs> of a gas station. So uh, it could be anything like that right. where the inspiration is just going to hit you. So that's good. Jeremy, I'm curious, technically, how did you preach as far as did you have large print notes or? Generally, well, I was probably using the iPad and blew stuff up, magnified it with Zoom or something like that. Just look at my notes briefly and okay. just pray my eyes don't give out during the, the, <laughs> right, during the sermon. Right. Yeah, we can all relate to the fact that that's definitely a challenge, what you did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what one she was listening to, but it must have been good. Yeah, it was, it was good. <laughs> Must have been inspiring. So I guess probably it would be a good time to listen to the song so that we can come up with some more questions to annoy Becca here. <laughs> uh, so we, do you have actually a name for the song or is that still in concept? You know, 
It is actually called Jeremy's Song. Oh, original. Yeah, yeah, so original. <laughs> so we will toss it to our audio engineer, Mr. Derek, to play Jeremy's Song by Becca Bradley. And here it is. He's a blind man who walks around with a man's best friend. Cause just at 18, he had found out he would never see again. is the Becca Bradley song, Jeremy's song, uh, that we just played. And what does everyone think? Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you. Very nice. Uh, Brings tears to my eyes, actually. And just so everyone knows, uh, Derek, our audio engineer, said that didn't suck. (laughs) (laughs) No, I said it was good. (laughs) 
Oh, he oh, pardon me. Make me. Pardon me. He said it was good. And that's a lot coming from Derek with audio. Anything audio, man. If he says it's good, then you're golden. That's a good sign. That's right. <laughs> I'm partial to it. I personally thought it sucked, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it was definitely a very good song. Uh, and we're kind of amazed that there was enough content to describe Jeremy like that. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> but this is the first time that you've actually sat beside Jeremy when it, the song was actually playing. So what was that like? Well, I've sang it a few times at the same place that Jeremy was, but I have always had, I mean, the first few times Jeremy was a little emotional. So when I'm singing it, I'm like, okay, don't look at Jeremy. Don't look at Jeremy. Don't look at Jeremy's family (laughs) because I want to get through the song. So I kind of just, you know, like look around, close my eyes, like focus on what I'm doing. But yeah, I mean, I think the atmosphere here is a little fun so it was good jeremy tell me about your reaction the first time you heard it i was kind of taken aback because i was sitting um in my hotel room in dallas and um i had fallen asleep for some reason and woke up and i got this text message from becca and it said hey this is becca on uh, her husband's phone and i'm like okay and um he said this one i wrote this song and it wasn't to cut you guys just heard it was a rough cut <laughs> and she said, I just wanted you to hear this. And uh, for anybody that's like gone through what um, I've had to go through and, and more, I know what you've had to go through and, and Rodney to you some extent as well with vision loss, it was really, really touching. And um, I don't tend to be a guy that cries a lot, but I, I just lost it actually when I heard it the first time. And um, Becca doesn't like to hear me say that, but I did. And, um, so, um, it was tough. Actually, it's still kind of tough to hear it sometimes. And when she and I, actually, I heard her sing it the first time when she was trying for, you were in a contest, right? Yeah. You were in a contest. Oh yeah. 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 So it was kind of funny because she was up on stage and I could tell she wasn't even trying to look at me for whatever reason. So she didn't lose it, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) And then she sang it two other times live. Once she didn't want me to, but I went up and just sat beside her with my dog. And I think that's the time you just had to like close your eyes. Yeah. And then his whole family was sitting in the front row. So I'm like, great. I'm not getting through this song, but oh my gosh. <laughs> but it turned out fine. <laughs> yeah. So I, the, the rule is this anytime that she sings it live, she has to give me a hug. That's the way it goes. It seems like, you know, we're all tough for a long time. We're tough, tough, tough throughout the day and years and then when you hear something like that it's probably just allowed you to let loose of emotions that you forgot you had <laughs> you know what more you hit the nail on the head i that's exactly what happens because you just have to kind of live with it for a while right and then we just get used to it and um right. then it kind of all brought it all back because i remember the first time when i was called blind because when I lost my sight, I was trying to sign up for the Marine Corps. And I remember going into this doctor and he just was like, must've been a drill instructor at some point in time. And, uh, I passed like every single test except for the eye tests. And I go into this guy's office and, and I had watched grown men already come out of their crying. So I was a little concerned about that. <laughs> so I went to this guy's office and he, um, just kind of slams his hand down and he goes, son, are you blind? No joke. Oh, my gosh. I said, no, sir, I don't think so, sir. 
And uh, he goes, well, here's where your eyes are supposed to be. And he's pointing to this chart. And he goes, here's where you are. And I didn't want to admit this, but I couldn't actually even see what he was pointing at. And um, from there, I went through all sorts of um, all sorts of hell, really, as far as tests and things to find out what was going on. And had found out that I lost, I think, 60 acuity points over six months. So for those of you out there who don't know what that means, if you were seeing 2020, now you were seeing like 2080 in six months. And mm-hmm. um, some of those emotions that you go through, you just you bury them really deep. And um, something like this kind of brings it all back up. And that happened when you were around 18 years old? Yep, right when I turned 18. Diagnosis? Yeah, so then I um, got diagnosed with cone dystrophy and um, found out that (laughs) when the doctors finally figured everything out, they said, well, you're not going to go totally blind. You just won't be able to see anything. Okay, what does that mean? Which, yeah, what does that mean exactly? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and now I kind of get to live most of that right now, just kind of like you are, Maury. And um, it's probably the toughest thing I've ever had to go through. I remember just bawling on the way home from that doctor's appointment. And I guess to some extent, you know, I kind of buried all that stuff down and hadn't thought about it for at least a decade. And um, I guess a song brings a lot of that all back up again. Sure. And at 18, that's a tough, tough time to hear news like that for anybody for, and maybe I'm being sexist here, but (laughs) it seems like it would be even harder for a boy because at 18, a man is a boy, right? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I had a couple goals I wanted to do, right? But I mean, my biggest goal at that specific time was I was going to be a Marine. I hadn't applied to any colleges that was going to be my life and uh, I couldn't do it. And so everything that I had been doing kind of culminated into one point. And the one thing that I wanted to do, I couldn't do because of some mm. limitations. Right. I guess I shouldn't say the one thing, but the one major thing. It'd be right. like, Becca, you're not being able to sing because I know it's your passion, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't really get diagnosed till I was 35. I mean, I was... So I got through college. I could almost see the chalkboard. I could still read books slowly. So I got through college, crucial part, I think, you know. And even though I was having eye trouble in my 20s and early 30s, I was able to ignore it because I didn't have a diagnosis. So certainly when I was at 35 and got the diagnosis, it wasn't easy, but I think at 35 is easier than 18, in my opinion. (laughs) You know, at least you had kind of most of your life, well, not most of your life, you had part of your life already through, and I kind of had to reevaluate everything that I was doing. And a lot of people learn their limitations later in life. And, you know, people with macular degeneration, if they're 50, 60, 70, 80, they learn their limitations later in life. And I was struck at probably the most critical moment of at least what I think of a man's life and had to completely change directions and what I was doing and and how I was doing it and um, figure things out. And it was um, really difficult. Yeah, you kind of had to change directions before you had a direction. Yeah. (laughs) But um, here I am, you know. 15 years later, and um, I've got good friends like Becca, and I've got a... (laughs) awesome wife and, and a pretty fabulous life, really, considering everything that I've had to go through. 
And um, I know one of Becca's things, she gets out of the song, she gets something totally different out of it than I do. It's kind of funny. <laughs> but I would like to sit there and cry about this thing for a long time, and I can at least make it through it now, kind of, sort of. Fortunately, I've got sunglasses. <laughs> I had the tears. She just can't see it. But... Um, you know, one of the things I think Becca gets about it is she didn't have to see the whole struggle that I had to go through. You know, she's just been able to see the good side that came out on the other side. And she's just, I don't know if she's fascinated by that or <laughs> or what. She can answer that better than I can. But I think that song really speaks to the positive too, right? Yeah. You see the faith that you have to have for people like you. And then it also can relate to anybody who can see and it kind of makes you look at yourself and be like, man, what am I doing? What could I do better? How am I walking in faith when this guy can't see anything at all? So that's kind of where I wanted to reach the message for people that could see, but think about the people that can't and look at yourself to see the faith that they have compared to what you have. Hmm. So She's actually never told me that before. So <laughs> Really? <laughs> Well, there you go. <laughs> Learn something every day. <laughs> so in terms of trying to spread the word and everything, uh, you're going to actually split proceeds with this coming up early next year with uh, Guiding Eyes for the Blind. How did you come up with that idea? Well, actually, we kind of talk about these things all the time because when somebody writes something like that for you, like the only thing you want to do in life for a long period of time is just help them as much as you can. <laughs> and... Um, so Guiding Eyes for the Blind is where my guide dog, Darren, is from. And uh, Becca could, uh, you know, she's just kind of starting out. She could use lots of exposure. So when we give you guys her Facebook and Twitter information, I'm sure you'll all be following her or <laughs> yes, liking her. like me. And uh, one of the things we want to do is try and get her some exposure and get the song some exposure and help the guide dog school at the same time. So sometime this January or February... Uh, we've talked to Guiding Eyes, and they're going to do a feature on Becca, myself, and Darren, and um, kind of talk about how we met, how the song came about, and people will be able to buy the song for some price, probably buck ninety nine or something relatively inexpensive, and half of it's going to go to um, Guiding Eyes for the Blind, and half of it's going to go into Becca's pocket so that she can continue to make awesome music and <laughs> further her singing career because... She's just got an awesome voice and a real gift. Definitely. And that's very generous of you, Becca. That's great. And I'm curious about the dog. When did you get the dog? And how did that influence how you felt about your vision? I've had Darren the dog for about uh, three years. Not to say Darren the dog because Aaron is my wife. So I have to make sure I differentiate those and enunciate them very carefully. Uh, <laughs> Darren and Aaron. And uh, that was a mistake. <laughs> I didn't name him. He just came with that name. Uh, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a black lab and uh, he's made a real difference. There are very few people who have low vision and use a dog, but with the travel that I do and needing the independence mm -hmm. and just quite honestly, I suck at cane travel, um, even though I should be better at it. Um, <laughs> He's made a huge impact. And even the way people treat me, like when I would walk around with a cane, and Becky never saw this, but I'd walk around with a cane, and people would just totally ignore me. Like they would literally go out of their way so they didn't have to say anything to me. Uh, and the mm. dog is totally different. Now I know about everybody's dog and how old their dog was when it died and <laughs> did they have a golden retriever. And, uh, so, I mean, that's just a, I guess, a side benefit, <clears throat> if you'll call it a benefit. But... um 
it's impacted me in a huge, huge way. And it's made me more, more independent. I feel more secure. I know my wife likes it better because she doesn't worry about me when I go to New York or somewhere like that and have to worry about somebody running me over. Right. To sum it up, it's That's pretty great. awesome. Now, was it difficult to get them to actually give you a dog having sight? I think you had mentioned that it was a little bit of a struggle at one point. There were some guide dog schools who shall rename nameless because I like all the guide dog schools, but there were some that didn't want to deal with me at first. And I, I knew what was going to happen. So I, my wife and I actually raised two puppies to be guide dogs because we knew that I would need one at some point. So that's something we wanted to do. And as I started to lose more sight, there was some more interest from some schools than others. And Guiding Eyes just really was a very positive school, came out and worked with me, did home training, so I didn't even have to go anywhere. It, it was just a really good experience. They were really responsive, and I mean, I just can't thank those guys enough. It's, it's just been awesome. It's really changed my life, to be quite honest about it. Outstanding. And I guess we should probably give Becca her wonderful contact information. You can find all of the information about Becca Bradley by going to BeccaBradley.com. That's B-E-K-A-H-B-R-A-D-L-E-Y.com. You can also find her on Facebook.com slash Becca Bradley and Twitter.com slash Becca underscore Bradley. Yes, she's one of those (laughs) that puts the underscore in there and she doesn't tweet that often she says so pester her you know what you know what becca some of these shows you go to and you like give a free t-shirt to some people i do yeah yeah so you never know if you like becca or if you follow her on twitter just maybe not saying you will just maybe Maybe, just maybe (laughs) or maybe you'll get a signed copy or something like that of her Mm. first uh, album (laughs) yes and was that becca with 1k b-e-k-a-h yes okay thanks is there other contact information becca they can get you at is that everything well i am on youtube too so if you want to check out some videos you can go to youtube.com slash becca bradley music um, but other than that, you guys hit it all. Email? Becca Bradley Music at gmail.com. So if you're looking to book somebody. Yes, you know. I will travel. This is my full-time gig now, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Outstanding. Well, Thank you so much for being here on High Contrast. Thank you for having me. Arg, it is the wonderful iPhone, iOS, all that kind of thing. Okay, we're uh, actually recording this on Talk Like a Pirate Day, so I thought I would fit it in for just one quick second. Uh, we're <laughs> sort of going to give a quick impression of what we thought of the iPhone announcements and probably discuss it a lot more next time once we actually have the devices in our hands and have actually played with iOS 6. But last week, uh, Apple announced the wonderful iPhone 5, which is a little bit taller, about the same width, uh, a little bit slimmer, you know, uh, probably looks good in a swimsuit right about now. The biggest thing is a faster processor, probably a little bit better camera for low light conditions. We'll have LTE, little confusion as to whether you can actually use it in foreign countries or not, and which brand you actually need, AT&T or Verizon here in the U.S. iOS 6 is coming out today. I have installed it as of about five minutes before recording this podcast. Have not seen anything other than Siri telling me, hey, you want to know something about Apple? Go to apple.com. Big whoop. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
the wonderful iPods were all refreshed. Uh, iPod touches still about the same price as they usually are. I believe is even the high-end iPod Touch. iPod Nano goes back to the little small candy bar looking thing or the Zune clone as some people are calling it. And I guess the other big news is that the iPod Touch actually has a hand strap now that you can attach to it by a little button on the back. Anyway, Since I have rambled through this really quickly, what is everyone's impressions? I have my two iPhones coming on Friday, thus I am working from home. What about the rest of you? (laughs) I wish mine were coming on Friday. I've got to wait a little bit. But uh, how about you, Maury? I just got my iPhone 4S last November, so I don't think I'm due for a good deal for a long time. <laughs> so Mari is waiting on the 5S that I am going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and declare this: the iPhone 5S will come out. Get this in September or October of next year. You heard it here first. You have a Ooh. crystal ball there. Okay, can we pre-order? <laughs> Get the. Get the blogs ready because you're guaranteed to see The Verge and CNET and all these other websites start talking iPhone 5S. It'll be coming. (laughs) So does anything really excite you as far as iOS 6 or the iPhone 5? I am stoked to see how Zoom and VoiceOver work together. It's just going to be awesome. Yeah, I want to see if it actually tracks my movement. That's what I want. (laughs) Yeah, I am thinking that Zoom and voiceover at the same time on the iPad would be really cool. But I have an iPad 1, so I won't be able to benefit because iOS 6 won't work on an iPad 1. And the iPhone, I don't know about you guys, but I don't use Zoom on that little tiny screen. How about you? I mostly use it unless Jeremy sends a long email, then I have to use <laughs> I would never do such a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some of the recent ones have been really long. <laughs> I'm a man of few words normally. <laughs> yeah, I, I primarily use the Zoom. I use voiceover for reading long-winded things, uh, but... You know, Zoom usually gets me where I need and I can move around. I just don't have enough patience to wait for voiceover, but I'm trying. I'm trying. Oh, I, isn't it a lot quicker to use? Uh, I don't know. To each his own. Never mind. I, I read most <laughs> of the stuff I need on the computer and things because I'm mostly sitting at a computer for eight or nine hours a day. Then I come home and, well, I sit on the computer yet even more. Uh, but <laughs> my biggest urgency for purchasing an iPhone 5 is the fact that, as I have mentioned before in a previous episode, which also became the title of the show, my home button just doesn't quite work. So I need the home button wonder, you know, sort of the Mm. Batman's boy wonder. I need a button wonder. So uh, (laughs) I'm eagerly awaiting that. But I am assuming that we are actually going to have more to say about iPhones, iOS, that kind of thing, in the weeks to come, or episodes to come, I guess it would be. So please stay tuned. Uh, This seems like a good point to take a short break. And when we come back, we will have a wonderful app review from Joe Steinkamp on Galaga. I believe it's an anniversary edition. You're listening to High Contrast on SPN. 
Let me try. Okay, just remember what I showed you. Yep, there was a bunny who had one big ear and another big ear. They looped a looped, made a bow, and the bunny hopped away. I did it! Oh, good job, kiddo. Now let's tie your other shoe. The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at one eight seven seven for Dad four one one or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. <laughs> Hi everyone, it's Joe Steinkamp back with another app review here for the iPad. I am now playing Galaga, the 30th anniversary collection. Now this is a really great app for going back in time and imagining yourself in a pizza parlor or maybe at a 7-Eleven with a great big Slurpee next to you playing the old arcade classic from Namco. And the really neat thing about this is you actually have a new control scheme in order to play this game. At the bottom of the screen, you actually have a place where you can slide your finger back and forth, as opposed to using a joystick to move your ship. This is surprisingly really neat, because it allows you to play this little shooter a little better. Now, if you don't remember Galaga, let me back up a second. This is a game in which you have spaceships on a black background, little stars in the background as well, a little ship at the bottom. You can shoot the guys as they're coming down, just like Space Invaders, except there's a little bit more movement. If you shoot one of the motherships, you actually can collect another ship, attach it to your ship, and have uh, the ability to have two ships firing at the same time. Now, as you move your finger at the bottom of the screen back and forth, you use another finger to tap on the screen to simulate your fire button. So this works out surprisingly well because you can actually hold the device, be it iPad or iPhone, very comfortably and actually still move very quickly to get out of the way of uh, dodging enemies and shooting you know, fires back and forth. And uh, the neat thing about this app is that it's free. Now, there are some paid app upgrades because you can get more than just Galaga. You can actually get Galaxian, Galapas, and Galaga 88. So there are other things that you can play, uh, but they're in-app upgrades, and uh, the voiceover actually reads some of the menus, which is kind of neat. So I was turning voiceover on and off to read some of the menus, especially the in-app purchase menus. But as a whole, you like most video games on the iDevices, you have to turn voiceover off in order to have the analog control to move uh, the ship back and forth. Again, it is one of those apps that has a really neat background. You can actually turn off the star field and make it a little visually easier to see if you have some issues with white on black. And you can use some of the new modes. Uh, there's actually an updated mode that has a bunch of really crazy graphics related to it. That's kind of a 30th anniversary edition of Galaga. It's available for free in the App Store. And it has in-app purchases that can take it up to about 6 $7, but those go on sale as always. So you want to keep an eye out for that. If you like the free version, keep an eye out for sales. This is Joe Steinkamp talking about Galaga 30th Anniversary Collection for the iPad and iDevices. Available now at the iStore. This is going to conclude yet another high contrast episode. Episode 5 to go along with the iPhone 5. 
but for some reason it's iOS 6, so the numbers aren't going to match, and that just irritates me. But anyway, our thanks to Becca Bradley, who you can find her information at BeccaBradley.com, Facebook.com slash Becca Bradley, Twitter.com slash Becca underscore Bradley, and YouTube.com slash Becca Bradley Music. And for the spelling challenged, it is B-E-K-A-H. Very good to have her on the show. And as always, we were joined here by Mari Hill of the Zoomed In blog, which you can find at AISquared.com slash blog. Anything you got coming up? Anything coming up? Yeah, on the blog. You know, oh, you got to write yes. those things, you know. Yes, by the t- this time this comes out, it will already be on the blog, but... I wrote another installation of my experience in a, an exciting stem cell trial. Outstanding. So keep an eye on that. And in the other chair is Jeremy Curry of GW Micro. You can find his Twitter account at GW Micro or at Jeremy underscore Curry. Yet another person using the underscore. <laughs> <laughs> we love that little character. Anything going on over at GW Micro you'd like to toss out there? There's all sorts of stuff, but I bet you that you will see a public beta of Window Eyes coming out soon that works with the almighty Windows 8. (laughs) That's the next thing coming out, and maybe at some point we'll actually discuss Windows 8 or Rant, whichever it is. As always, I am Rodney Edgar. I am over at TechAccessWeekly.com. I can be followed on Twitter at Rodney Edgar. And thanks to Joe Steinkamp at Ranger Station on Twitter for producing this wonderful podcast and Derek Lane for making us sound like outstanding people. Uh, (laughs) So anyway, if you would like to drop us an email, you can at resources at serotalk.com. You can find us in the iBlink radio app that you can get on iOS and Android. No, it is not coming to Windows Phone anytime soon. So anyway, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.